Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. On a live nations Friday, it's great to be with you. Lucy Goosey edition of the program as we're wont to do on a Friday. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There is Director Matthew. We're all here. The gang back together. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on Warchant TV. I always give it a second. You guys probably wonder what that pause is. I give it a second because when the music plays, we can't. It's, it's not our fault. Got to have the grand entrance. But the damn YouTube doesn't get so people aren't on board. So I always try to give them a little, little window so we don't get started. We don't dive right in like we would like. We don't always... We don't always want to play that same silly song that you hear at the end of each hour, <laughs> but we have to because otherwise you won't get it on the YouTube. That's the way it works. You so, know, I haven't cha- uh, checked the royalty-free music in about six months. Maybe there'll be another one I could throw in the rotation. Well, I, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. It's not like till, Pantera, maybe. Until just right now. We could try. We can see if there's something else. We just picked that one because it was the lesser of all evils. With all, mm-hmm. They were all terrible. The best we had was the Probables bed. That was it. That's and, all we had. You happy to be back, man? Charlotte's always fun, but it's good to be back because now it means it's go time. It's go time for football. I know we just got done with a meeting. Meetings are, you know, what they are. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but 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 it's time now. Uh, I feel good to be back. As you know, the back half of the return drive home. Oh, it's a toughie. Is a toughie, and that's nobody's fault. The company was fine and wonderful, and the conversation was good. Ira drove the whole way, so I didn't have to worry about that. But you know, when you are hitting the border. Near Florida, near the border, and you got about three and a half hours to go. That's when it hurts your feelings. So my feelings are no longer hurt. Feeling good. Got a lot of information, context. There were some good whispers up there in Charlotte, just things to learn. And now we got the schedule this morning for camp for the upcoming week. Yeah, so and, uh, Tuesday all the have, way to kickoff. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we're all good. We so Tuesday we've got the luncheon. That's the annual occurrence where we sit down. Uh, Mike Norvell, the head coach, addresses the staff, addresses the assembled media and everybody else in attendance. That's an invite to that. 
and and so it is. You hang out, and uh, and he talks to you a little bit about the team and expectations, and you know, do's and don'ts. There's always a, a reiteration of some do's or don'ts uh, from the for the press, uh, and then and then uh, from there, it's it's a cordial little meal and uh, a few Q and As, and we get some some information, and then we start camp on Wednesday, and I'm ready, man. Uh, I, I'm really pumped. You're right, we did. We got the official email. All practices. Uh, ready to go open to the media, of course, and um, I'm excited. So here we go. It's uh, it's good. By the way, first scrimmage, August the 6th. That's a Saturday, August the 6th. Mark it on your calendars, everybody. August the 6th, and then, um, well, I mean, I it's going to be important. Got one on the 13th. They're closed to the media. I'll be sneaky, sneaky, and see both of those <laughs> yeah. scrimmages and tell you everything about them. <laughs> Please do get our badges revoked. That'll yeah, be great. That'll be good. Yeah. So, yeah. Wednesday they they get after it. Practices will be at three forty p.m., uh, which kind of works out well. It does for the first three days, and then they shift to the morning practices. Which I love day. those morning practices. Me too, buddy. I don't need um, these first three practices. I'm glad they've started. I'm glad they'll be start. You know, be starting next week. It is important to get out there and all. That. But you know, until we get the pads on. Guys running around in shorts and a t-shirt ain't helping nobody. Let's go. Yeah, that first one on Wednesday will be good just to see what the freshmen look like and see. Always fun. You know, we got the listings uh, two days ago of weight changes and such. Some of them are notable, so you want to see what that looks like. Is that because you're pudgy or is that because you're in better shape? That kind of stuff. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun, by the way? We'll learn that on Wednesday. be kind of fun to sit there and, oh, good to see you again, whomever. Look at you looking a little portly. Did you put some on this offseason? So that's how you got to 330. Oh, okay. All right. Here, I thought it was because you were diesel. Um, no, the hope the hope is that, uh, right, that we, Coach Storms has got him eating at the at the Bama table. It lo- I mean, there were a lot of significant changes, uh, more than I could because we were going by when we posted it on the threads on Warchant, we were going by the spring uh, roster. Listed heights and weights. So that is significant change. Even five, six pounds? You're talking about four months? A little less than? That's significant work one way or the other, depending if you're a gainer or a loser. Yeah, and I don't like the way you just throw around loser, Tom. So let's just say, let's call it something else. Like that they, a gainer or a shedder? Made healthy choices. <laughs> <laughs> a toner? But a toner? Uh, a, bulker, a bulker or a toner? All of it sounds strangely, um, you know, uh, uncomfortable. But I, I listen. There's a story there. Uh, Austin Cox wrote uh, several hours ago on Warchant.com about Fabian Lovett looking for a big year. I think that's going to happen. I think he's going to have a huge year. I bet he was great at the ACC kickoff. He, he was funny. He, he is funny. He's drier. He's not going to give you as much if you're just looking for a soundbite. But if you talk to him and you get a few questions in, he'll open up and he's funny. The one thing he said, um, he was asked, you know, what, how is the, the progress from the team, the competition gotten to where it is versus when you first got here on campus? And he laughed. He goes, the transfer portal. Like, <laughs> what an answer. I was like, wow. That is the right answer, sir. You know, they've got a, a different class of freshmen coming in, and they're starting to evaluate and land the kids that they want to land. But the change began with the transfer portal. Three guys that were there, the only three players, were mm. all from the transfer portal. And if you look to the top ten of our War Chant Top 40 list, a huge portion of that list is from the transfer portal. It's just funny to hear a player say that, not culture, not anything. 
We got different players, man, and they weren't from around here. I talked about uh, – yesterday you guys were traveling, but I, I spent some time on some numbers involving you know success rate uh, of the offense and, and some of the problems that they had. Uh, also success rate uh, on, on passing downs. Um, Jordan Travis was 69th in the country on that last year. The offense was 92nd, something like that overall. Talked about the uh, finishing drives rate, which is points scored inside the opponent's 40. They were 112. I mean, they were awful. Uh, well, and Yeah, when you have to get inside a 35-yard field goal. I mean, but yeah. Again, again, they, they were just weren't good in a lot of these numbers. But my point wasn't to dog them. It was to say the reason I'm taking the over on the six and a half is that the things that they added to this offense and the things that they added to those segment groups, which were weak will improve those numbers. I would think greatly. Um, it, you know, it's a little bit like when you are grossly overweight, it's easy to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds just by making a couple good decisions. You know, if you add two or three receivers to this inept roster of receivers uh, that can actually play at the Power 5 level, well, immediately everything about your offense changes because you've got some playmakers there, some guys that will make somebody miss even if you throw short of the chains. So Jordan Travis's success rate on passing downs is going to go way up uh, just by having a Micah Pittman and how quickly does Winston Wright get back. And let's just say Johnny Wilson does add something to this team of significance. I, I, think, he, I think he's a plus addition. I don't think he's a, a nothing. So – yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I get excited about that. But the depth of the offensive line and the competition that it creates of the offensive line, they're going to be better there, too, because if a guy goes down, you're not hopeless going into a game the way you were last year. Frankly, anybody went down last year, it, good luck. You had to hope that you were playing a vastly inferior opponent or that uh, you were able to scheme your way around it and get a little bit of luck uh, involved there. Basically, the Jordan Travis numbers reveal that this offense relied far too heavily on broken plays. Broken plays. Non-designed quarterback runs by Jordan Travis is what sustained drives for Florida State football against the better teams. It wasn't because they were able to scheme it up consistently. They did occasionally. We have talked about Bravo for all the one-on-one matchups you created in the passing game. But those guys were inept and they couldn't get open, and so therefore we hope that changes. So those numbers should jump way up. And if they do, and you marry those numbers with the very solid defensive numbers at the end of last year, the Havoc rates were great. They should drop a little bit because you lose, obviously, Johnson, which is you know a first-round pick. But I do think that you, you, you added some help and you got some guys that will take a step forward, and I think Briggs is going to have a big year. So there's, there's that. But you added a Tatum Bethune, who's a stud at linebacker, and that unit is upgraded. You're really solid on the back end. They were a top 35 defense in terms of success rate, getting stops, getting off the field last year in the second half of the season. Top 35. So if you begin the season as a top 35 defense, let's say, in that neighborhood, I'm not going to make a crazy leap to top 10. Let's just say 35, top 35. If you're top 35 from day one instead of week five, week six, and your offense is in the neighborhood of top 50 in success rate, well, hell, that's that's eight wins, man. That is eight wins, period. It just is. I don't know where they'll come from, but well, they are eight wins. And you said with the offense that a lot of it was broken plays for Jordan Travis, and that's true, but even when it wasn't a broken play for Jordan Travis. Make a design Travis, runs. Well, but it was the fear of. 
the broken plays Correct. for Jordan Travis. And that's what you scheme against because you're not going to scheme and double up on receivers. Like, why? <laughs> There's no reason to. Well, and that's a killer. That tells you how special of a runner Jordan is. That teams didn't even have to worry about it. That they could walk a guy down and spy him. They could do all those things. And he still made people miss. Carolina has to be like, well, damn it, man. What in the hell? Watch that game again. It's ridiculous. All the stuff in the passing game happens because they're scared to death of Jordan Travis. Right. Now, if you're scared to death of him, and you moderately fear one or two receivers, and by week two or three when the film's out there, you say, well, Trey Benson could be a problem. I mean, again, this is not a top ten offense, like you're saying with the defense. I'm not trying to say that they go there. But if you give a defensive coordinator multiple players in different spots of the formation to worry about, now you've got a chance to succeed early in games. Even if your first 15 plays, let's say, are mediocre, well, they got to guess. And if they guess wrong, that's their ass. That's the way it should be around here, and we're getting closer to it. Where we haven't arrived yet, you got one player who they're scared to death of, but you might have a couple others by the time the film gets out there and October begins. Yeah, Mike sounded confident for a reason. I agree with you. I think Mike Norvell is more confident now than he's ever been since he's arrived here. That's the way it should be. You've had time to create that confidence by going through the transfer portal, also recruiting, also getting rid of kids that are dead weight and uh, negatives in the locker room. So you've done all of that. It stands to reason you would be more confident going into this season than you were last or the year before, certainly, which was a jumbled mess. But I, I, I do think that you know he's he's probably pretty excited about that depth we talk about, and also because he saw they had a good spring. There's just, I know I've said it a hundred times. I know that's people roll their eyes about spring. I typically roll my eyes about spring. I want you to know if you're if you're new to the show, I'm not one of those guys that champions spring because a lot of things happen in spring that don't always carry over. But when you're a team in transition and you have a lot of new faces and you have other kids that you're relying on, perhaps in some cases before they're ready. And then you see them come back for their second spring and they take a step forward. That is something that you can project will last going into the fall and maybe transfer over into the season. And we saw enough of those things along with the new faces to feel better about where they're at. Yeah, and specifically to the offense and the quarterback again in spring, they're working on things he's not good at. Well, yeah. You know, that's yeah. they know what he can do. Offensive havoc rate. That's what I would call a quarterback like Jordan Travis. That's what he can create is havoc because you can scheme everything up right, but if one dude misses on a backside contain, it's a gain of 30. Or you commit a defender, he comes up, and Jordan throws it over the top, and you've got a 45-yard gain or more. That's the havoc rate the offense can create, but they weren't working on that in spring because they know he can do that. Plus, you're not going to turn him live. It's, it doesn't give you a good indication of what do you have broken that tackle or would he get the edge or the yeah, corner, sure. things like that. So if he's refined even a little bit, even a little bit, then you're taking a huge leap forward because – you already have receivers in theory right now. Yeah. It'll be in practice soon, at least with Pittman, maybe others. If they can win one-on-ones, he's going to look a lot better. You're going to say, Jordan got a lot better. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just throwing to an open dude. Maybe people block for him now so he can stand in the pocket for an extra tick. Let's we'll see that's, if he does. That's all the difference. Let's we'll see if he does. He's spent his career running around, um, partly out of necessity, certainly. But uh, that's a tough thing to have to – Well, that's why they blew the whistles. You want to get to the point, too, where you say, stop doing that. You don't have to. Yeah. Well, that's, Stand tall. In spring, they blew the whistle the second he'd start to run. They're like, no, man, I already know you can run. Stop doing that. Throw the ball. And, and, and throw it even when you're in uncomfortable situations. We want you to get used to sitting in there, hanging in there. You might have to take some hits, but, you know, let's wait on a guy to break open and throw the ball and see if we can't get some rhythm into that. I, I, you know, it worked to, to some degree. We'll need to see. Uh, I really hope, you know, I was really encouraged and continue to be encouraged. This summer has featured probably the one thing uh, that gave me the most amount of hope coming into this camp 
and that is that Winston Wright, who I just assumed had zero chance to play this fall, uh, and and when that car accident occurred, I said, well, I mean, can anything else happen to this poor bastard? Not meaning Winston, but Mike Norvell. I mean, can anything else happen to this guy? I mean, he's had some some tough luck. Uh, and I thought, man, that that's a killer because that's a plug-and-play dude. That is a guy that you know produces at the Power Five, and then he, of all guys, go down, and you're like, okay. But, you know, Ira, with that por- report initially that he was really coming along nicely, and then we saw evidence of it through his own uh, social media account, and you know, meaning Winston writes. And Mike's saying advanced stage. Again, it's not a timetable because Mike is uh, – Well, I mean, you've got to be careful about that, And too. Yes, understandably cloak and dagger. Mm-hmm. But what he said in the spring is something I'll never, ever forget. He's out indefinitely in the short term. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the – Huh? I'm gonna use that for my kids. Yeah, just to cloud it's, them. Yeah. How long am I grounded? You're <laughs> uh, indefinitely in the short term. Idea. <laughs> Don't ask again for at least six days. Oh, six days is the short term. Then we'll just we'll get back to this. Yeah, Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio or Chad TV. Live Nation's Friday rolling on. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chance TV. Yeah, Ryan, good point. Final hour of the Jeff Cameron Show in a week with no practice. And uh, that would that would be true of uh, today's show, right? And I said that at the start of the week. This is the last of the uh, Jeff Cameron Show weeks where we're not discussing specifics about things that happened with football plays, players, and practices soon games yes that's a beautiful thing like things that we saw could you imagine if uh, between now and the end of the calendar year this is one of maybe six or seven days where we don't have a practice because you know if we go to a bowl a lot of december <laughs> should be full with practices i think they're going to a bowl tom it's just a matter of how prestigious a bowl they're headed towards let's uh, let's find out i do think that was part of it um that you know part of my commentary in the college sports book and in, in general just trying to be objective about it was i think Florida State could be one of the surprise teams uh you know usually we look around the landscape of college football you and i you and i like to do this in the pros every year we pick a team that is maybe projected to finish back in the day when we had 16 games we'd say 5 and 11 or 4 and 12 and then you'd be like you know I think the Raiders are going to go 8 and 8 this year or something like that. Quest for 8 Yeah, eight. it was a modest little jump, right? I think that uh for Florida State, you know that number is 6 and a half in Vegas. I think they could surprise to me if you're a game and a half above your win total projection, if you're certainly two and a half wins above your projection, that would be a surprise Whoa. If, they, if they got the 9 and 3. Feeling bullish about the 9 and 3? I'm not feeling bullish about 9 and 3 at all. But I, but I do think I am feeling very bullish, bullish on at least seven, and I'm not going to be surprised at all by eight. So, really, all you're getting at then is what? Do you have an upset in you? How big an upset do you have? Do you catch a couple breaks? You know, you the the one thing the the one thing about this season and all of the positive outlooks that we may have about this segment group or this particular game or areas in which they're going to improve. You know, you'll come crashing back down to reality real quick when you think about in certain segment groups, there is a precipitous drop-off in depth and talent. So there are groups that, you know, so I don't want to, I'm not going to put the the bad mojo out there, but for as good of an addition, an important addition, as Tatum Bethune is, and he is, that group is improved because of his, obviously, arrival and 
their production may end up being that of the upper echelon of the ACC, but only if he's there for 12 games, only if he's there as a starter and a dominant football player like he was at UCF. If for any reason he goes down and misses significant time, you have last year's linebacking core, which is average at best, a very improved Kalen DeLoach, who we got excited about, but it, but it takes a pretty steep stumble with zero margin for error after that. So you see where I'm going. I mean, it's passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply there are some things that have been improved but we also know that football is a tough game yeah i'd say it, it's above average squarely with him to good and then it's average, which is better because they were trending much, much more healthily towards the end of last season, the linebacking core. Yeah, they were playing a lot better. And you never know. The one guy I'm keeping my eye on because his name came up up in Charlotte, Omar Graham. Just want to see how, how camp looks for him. Because I thought if it was he's fascinating. The, if he's the fourth guy in the rotation and he slides up to third, you never know what that could mean by the end of the season for a guy like Omar Graham. And again, 20 snaps are very valuable a game if you can give me 20 snaps at linebacker. I was surprised Mike brought his name up at the ACC kickoff. He, he was did. solid in the spring. Well, he yeah, he was very solid. He had great instincts, and he's um, a thick kid. He's got a chance to play and handle the reps. You know, that's the problem at that position. It's such a brutal position. So, you know, if you are if you come in and you're an impressive route runner as a freshman, let's say as a wide receiver, uh, you know, I, I got I got high hopes that you can play right away. Whereas, as a, as a linebacker, that's a little bit tougher. Yeah, and again, I, I want to clarify. I'm not saying that he's going to get 20 snaps a game now. I'm just saying if Tatum went down in October, maybe. Maybe. It's an important camp. It's it, it's an important camp for backups in a lot of ways. That's what good football teams do is, you know, when they're loaded with blue chippers that are juniors or seniors and, and you go through your previews for the Alabamas or the Georgias of the world, you know the starters are going to be largely. I mean, you, you mostly do. These guys have been around the program for a while. There might be a phenom that mm -hmm. comes in. But mostly, you know, eight to, out of the 11 starters. But who's going to be the first off the bench? Who's going to be the guy that rotates in? And that's what healthy programs look like. Our position battles that we're looking at principally are not for the starters, but for the rotational pieces. You're getting closer to healing as a program. Another two years away from getting to a place where I think you go, okay, they have quality depth at every, at every position. At every yeah. position. Right probably now, about two years away. probably more than half of them at this point, though, right? Yeah, I, I still I still think the talent floor has got to come way up. Remember, what we've been recruiting uh, has required us to go out heavily in the transfer portal. So at some point, you want to get to a place where you don't have to do that every year. They're having to do it every year, which is fine. I mean, it, utilize this opportunity because he'd have been really screwed if we didn't have the transfer portal, as you and I have talked about a lot. But they do have it, and they've done a good job with it. And they've done better than a good job – of 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 saying, hey, yeah, that guy can play. Let's bring him in. 
they've done a good job of getting guys that, yeah, that guy can play. Let's bring him in. And he's a perfect fit. He's going to lead on and off the field. Like they got a lot of guys that fit. I know he talks about this a lot, but it is important when you're fixing something to bring in guys that do both. And he has. I mean, they were fixing something. It wasn't just that, that we weren't winning games. They were broken. Everything about that locker room was broken. The culture was broken. So identifying guys that are better than the guys you have, that's the easy part. I mean, any of us can do that. I can look out there and go, like, that guy's slow, doesn't really have any sort of dynamic skill set that gives us an advantage. We should probably recruit over him. He's not very good. Anybody can do that. But identifying guys that would come in, be better than that player, but also help you in, in the way that they showcase on a daily basis how to lead, how to work out, how to prepare, how to study, how to do all those things. That does matter. And I'm not talking about getting good. I see it. I'll get to them. Um, I'm not talking about like all this stuff about, um, you know, hey, he got a B in algebra. I'm talking about like how do you, from a football standpoint, how, how well do you prepare to sacrifice every day and to lead every day and to showcase, um, you know, what we're trying to get to, where we're trying to build to. Eric, thank you very much. What's up, Jeff and Tom and Director Matthew? It's official go time for the Knowles. Happy Libations Friday. I'm excited for this season probably for uh, a long time. Uh, going to get uh, going to – I think he wanted to say big wins, big games, go Knowles, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. Appreciate that, buddy. Uh, listen, I think everybody's excited, not just because it's the start of football season. I think everybody's excited because it's a better football team. Not a great football team, but a better football team. Under 25 TD passes this season, X4 wins GX. <laughs> That's something we did this week in the predictions video that came up on the channel, Warchan TV. Yes, and did. most of us were around that 24 to 25 number. Because if you're trying to get, and, and the magic number is, according to Corey's research, 31, 32 points a game. Four touchdowns, right, unless you're kicking a ton of field goals. That's four touchdowns. Is the ratio really going to be 3-1 to one rushing to passing? Can it be if you're going to be the type of offense that we're talking about? So 24 would be right down the middle at two per game. I think 25 is a pretty good number to set it at. It's a good number to set it at. I'm going to go under, but I'm not as I'm not saying that as a knock. Um, I, I, I think that they Trey Benson is going to be a real good player for them. I think they're going to be able to have some red zone success running the football. That'll take away some of those touchdown passes. Um, you know, maybe 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 I'm way off here because maybe Johnny Wilson becomes the red zone threat that we all think six seven with that body type should provide. Well, even so, it, you know, if you have balance on offense in the red zone and they don't know what to defend, then you're opening up a seam pass to Pokey or something like that. You know, where it's like, well, that was too easy. You know, when's the last time you've heard us in the red zone and an announcer or an analyst said, well, this is way too easy? It's been a while. I mean, think about one of the touchdowns we scored up at Clemson. You had like a little tricky formation and a bubble, and there's like a. A yeah. swinging gate element yeah, to something. There was a lot of weird. <laughs> we're on the one. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, we're on the one on yard the line. One yard yeah, line. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So that red zone stuff we talk about. You and I talk about not the not having the ability to line up and just beat up people. Uh, I think they have a better chance to do that in some in some games this year. That not against the best teams. They're still not an elite offensive line, but against the middling teams, they can. I brought it up yesterday, but they were 89th in offensive success rate, 96th in offensive finishing drives. So. They, they really struggled to finish drives, and we know that. Now, you know, the, the contrast you brought up was, well, in the red zone, they, square, they, they kick some field goals, and they, they found a way to come away with points in the red zone, but they didn't, 
they weren't a great red zone team. And and you never felt like in the red zone against anybody with any kind of a defensive line they were going to do anything. NC no. State, Clemson, Florida, uh, it, it didn't feel like that. You never felt like that's your ass when we're in the red zone. But we found a way to finish a lot more drives than I think we should have had any right to given the lack of skills. Think about how many more we would have if we didn't call a run for a, a kid with one foot. Hey, let's run Mackenzie Milton here. That sounds like a good idea. What the hell are we doing? Still pissed. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Don't forget about my friend Travis and T-Spark Construction. T-Spark Construction, roofing and construction, I should say. Our roof is still looking good, looking good, baby. Like it was the day they put that sucker on. It was uh, desperately needed, and I've got nothing but uh, great things to say about T-Spark. So do a lot of my friends. So do uh, my. So does my producer. So do, yeah, everybody. So if you're in need, it's a simple thing. You know, I don't, it's one of those things like uh, big, big purchase items. We get it. Not everybody needs a roof. But if you do, T-Spark Roofing and Construction, that's where you're going to go. That's the uh, most relied upon group of people I know, and uh, they do it the right way. And, uh, again, we talk about all the reasons why I have many times over, but I'm just telling you the reason we talk about them is they've done great work. They've done great work at my house. It's easy for me to say, if you're thinking about a new roof, give them a call today, 850-766-1340, or get a free quote, tsparkconstruction.com. Some would say that's the key to good advertising. You know, somebody's not driving down the road saying, I need to buy a roof now. (laughs) But it's about top of mind when the need arises. And that always happens. Especially now as a homeowner to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait a minute. Mold? I remember that mold guy's ad. And then boom, Ooh. there you go. Mold is a scary one. That's a That was only for the uh, yeah. inspection process. Yeah, we got it a... done before we purchased the home. Kevin writes, is the LSU game the most consequential game for the program in the last five years, ten years? Recruiting implications, state of the program, primetime exposure, etc. No. No, it's not. No, you can lose that game, and I'm not sure that it would – be in the top 10 most impactful games. It's an important game, Kevin. I agree with you. There are recruiting implications. Uh, but I don't think because I'll give you an ex- I'll give you an example. Florida State was had primetime exposure a year ago. They were trying to have an influence on recruits as well to say that this was a better team and that they had taken a step forward. They played great in that primetime game, took it to overtime against a vastly superior Notre Dame team. Uh, If you look position by position, Notre Dame was better almost everywhere across the board. And um, it did them no good at, at all. They, they turned around and lost to Jacksonville state. They went 0 and four. They were, that game showed no, it mattered not at all. Yeah. On balance. One thing I'd say about that, this is something that Norvell, you know, when we were with the local media only, he was explaining that there was a lot of positive energy around the program after the loss. And he thinks that that played a role in maybe the failures the next week. Which, he didn't like it. No, he didn't. But also, no, man, that's your job. Correct. To make sure that they don't do that. And also, don't put Mackenzie and Jordan on the field at the same time well, next week. Well, it's just week. dumb. He like, that's warned, stupid. He warned, though. I remember that Monday he warned 
that and and I will give him credit for this. Maybe he knew the damage was already done because everybody was singing their praises for having a chance to steal that game and win that game. But he, I remember, he was not happy about that. He kept telling people, he was like, well, listen, you, you don't get pats on the backs for losing. We lost. We lost the game. We should learn from it, but we lost the game, and that's not what we're here to do. I appreciated that because I think long-term that's obviously the right mentality to have, but yeah, it is your job to to hammer that home to make. Mac them- Brown did the same thing up there yeah. yesterday. He was talking about, well, you know, somebody asked, "Are people underrating your program?" He's, he said, "I hope that they criminally underrate our program because I think we were the most overrated program last year in the preseason, and it went to our guys' heads." It's like, oh, that's your job, my man. You got to play psychologist. He said, "Sometimes you don't want to take them down and tell them how bad they are, but maybe I should have." Yeah, maybe you should have. But well, then again, it wouldn't have been so easy to bet against North Carolina. So I'm glad you didn't, Mac. Yeah, I don't think they lost to Florida State because they were overconfident. I well, he was talking about the whole season, yeah. just their their win loss record for the year and their performance. Yeah, that's just poor coaching. Um, they they he had a great first year. You saw it. They, it. they only won seven games. Well, but I mean, he took over and they they right away really played hard, played much better. They were in a lot of games that they lost, and they they looked like a different team. They took a step forward the following year, and then it's just I don't think that's sustainable when your coach is one hundred and five. He disappointed me yesterday. I I went there to the breakout before we left just to see if he'd comment and pipe up about ACC relative strength for North Carolina, and he totally chickened out. He said it's up to the president and the athletic director. He said, I have some experience with Texas when we were looking into the Pac-12, which is an interesting anecdote. He said, but what I ended up doing was worrying for 18 months about nothing because it didn't end up happening for our program. We did not move to the Pac-12 in Austin. And and then in the end, he just said, you know, sometimes you got to think about what's good for your school or, oh, or the sport. Boy, yeah. And I, I'm rather, I'd rather think about what's good for college football than North Carolina. North Carolina will be fa- fine no matter what. Like, you chicken, come on. That's not what you believe. So, uh, who are the top receivers is the question we have in the chat. Uh, you know, again, I, I don't think there's any question that Micah Pittman, from day one, will come in here and make, I think, arguably the biggest difference for that group. Uh, I, I thought he was the best receiver in the spring. I thought he was the most dependable, reliable, in every facet of what it means to be a receiver, route running, receiving, toughness. All this, all those things. He contested catches. I think uh, so. He's so you're just talking about where you know he's in the slot. So how quickly does Winston Wright get up to speed? Because I think if he is, let's say he's healthy. Let's just let. I mean, we're assuming a lot here. Again, he's in rehab. But if he's healthy, how quickly does he become a dependable go-to down-in, down-out guy? Because again, he didn't get to really do it in the spring. He was nursing an injury, and then he got hurt in a car accident. So he hasn't had time to rep it. I doubt he's in football shape per se. You know, you got to get hit. You got to, you got to feel that. So I don't know how quickly can it happen. He would be on my list. Uh, Malik McLean and, and Pokey. Those would be your four. Uh, and then I think however they're going to try to work in Johnny is important too. It depends on what you're asking them to do. Johnny Wilson is a blocker. Is a guy that if you're going to run the quick game. He's going to be out there, and he's going to be very, very important to you. So is the question best or, or, or most productive in terms of targets and receptions? Because if it's best, I'd actually give Johnny a bump with the blocking. Because yeah. you, you might see him on the field a little bit more. It might not reflect in the target count if you go down the line with the receivers. But then the other question I'd ask is, is you brought up Pittman in the slot. He can generate space in the perimeter. He can. It'll be interesting I don't to see. Like, I hate short receivers on the perimeter, but... Like yes, you could line line up Johnny on one side on on the perimeter, 
and then Malik, Malik. and then there's yes. Pittman in the slot. Mm-hmm. I, I like that actually. I just there are times that Micah should at, at minimum there are times that he should be outside the numbers because he can create depth and he's got that nuance. To I'm not his saying abilities. he's totally one dimensional. I just think that he's not your he's certainly not your quintessential. No, he's not go yeah, up and get it guy. Yeah, no. But Jordan does a great job of throwing outside the numbers. That's one of the throws his, he has it's down. His strength, yeah. And this is one of the receivers on the team that knows how to create space from the sideline to the numbers. He uses body to shield to give a window. I don't know that, for example, Malik is great at that. Johnny's size demands that he should be, but this is a, somebody who understands the nuance of how to make that happen in Pittman. He's a better player for his size than he has a right to be. That's toughness. That's that's want to. There's a lot going on there with him. I'm I'm impressed. Michael writes libations Friday question: Has Jim Phillips stopped drinking yet since that presser earlier this week? You know, listen. I I, I have made it abundantly clear that I thought that he certainly did uh, nothing in the way of projecting strength. Uh, and he and he, and he did reveal that there is no logical path for the ACC because if there was one, he would have latched onto it and sold it. But I don't blame him. I don't blame him in the sense that he did not create this mess. He could have, you know, he it wouldn't have been professional, nor would it have been um, all. The, well, it wouldn't have been professional. He could have gotten up there and been like, "Well, once again, thanks to John Swafford, wonderful job that he's done." The last twenty years, you know, he could have just like he could have gone and made it abundantly clear that we have inherited a mess. But he didn't. He didn't. He well, just. We have full distribution now, and uh, that's mm-hmm. created a, some might say a windfall of uh, extra revenues for us. And we've got some other ideas, and I've got some excellent uh, new ways and pathways to revenue that I look forward to rolling out in the next couple of weeks. He actually said that part. Yes, he did. He said maybe by the end of the month. Maybe by that, the end of the month. That mo- cracked me up. The consultants. What? The yeah, consult- what are your consultants going to tell you? Yeah. Hey, you 20 know 20 mil per school kind of consultants? Over the years, I've had so much fun with the idea of con- being a consultant. It's the greatest thing ever. If you can, if Whatever job you're in, if you get to the place where somehow you've fooled enough people to where you can be called a consultant, and they ship you all over to consult. Oh, by all means, please take that title and run, because you'll get overpaid to go into other people's places who know far more than you about what that environment's like, the day-to-day operations are like, and you you then get to, you have the authority to tell them what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right, none of which is going to stick the second you leave. It's all nonsense, and whenever I hear somebody fall back on well, we've got consult. Those consultants are stealing from you, sir. There's no magic pill out there. What are they gonna What are they gonna prescribe? What are we gonna find out? Oh my God, guys, we've been overlooking this massive revenue stream that nobody else has picked up on, but our consultants did. They figured out that each member institution could be making $35 million more a year if we just do this. No, it doesn't exist, pal. Four words: work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Is that my check? Yeah, I'll just pick that up. Okay. Think outside the box. Oh. Did everybody get that? Be more efficient. Yeah, man. It's just ridiculous. I, uh, I crack up. I love it. Might I suggest time management? <laughs> A lot of us think we're making the most out of each and every day. The opportunities we have before us to improve revenue. But in reality... I think we all can sit back and, in fact, why don't you guys get out a pen and pad now. Let's start going over the ways that we could be more efficient with our time. Instead of maybe an hour lunch, how about a 45-minute lunch? Now, you think about that. 
on a Monday, on a Tuesday. You see where I'm going? That's 30 minutes on two days right there. 30 minutes. What could you do with those 30 minutes? Yeah. Time is money. It's an hour and 15 minutes a week. You know, you should delegate that task. Oh, there's nobody underneath you? Well, you know what? You could still delegate it. Delegation's a very important tool to use. I know you're in the low part of the totem pole. There's somebody you could delegate that to. And they'll want to learn from you. And remember that, everybody, that when you delegate, it's not just that you're shifting workload to somebody else. It's that you're teaching them a better and more efficient way by which to rise through the ranks here at the company. Just ask for volunteers. You know, just put an ad out there for volunteers. People eager to learn. <laughs> it's my favorite. Don't pay them. It's you don't the, have to pay them. I love that he referenced consultants. I was like, that's a sham. My goal is to retire in five or six years and be a consultant. And when I am, I'm going to put it in my bio everywhere. And anybody who knows me who's ever listened to the show will be like, look at Cameron living the dream. He made it. He made it. He's a consultant. He's walking around stealing money from broadcasting. <laughs> He's like Indiana Jones rolling yeah. under the wall. Yeah. He made it just in time. They're going to fly me to Austin. I'm going to go into some sports talk station and be like, how you doing, guys? Good to meet you, Jeff Cameron. Radio consultant. Now, I know you guys think radio's dead. In a lot of ways, it is. But I, I want you also to know that we have not bled this stone dry. So let's gather around and talk about the ways that we can be more efficient. You may think I'm <laughs> expediting the death by using valuable resources that you have right here. Extra money to fly me. me in. Yeah. And by the way, Dinner's on me tonight, guys. Company's paying for it. It's going to be great. It's right. Have a good time. <laughs> you know, for these two weeks, I am making half of what you make in a year. Yeah. I don't. That's neither here nor there. I it's just thought I'd bring that up. Know. Yeah. That you should know. That's why There's you're a listening reason. to me. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. But uh, again, we'll write this down. It'll be good. It'll be good. We'll all be better. And when I leave here, hopefully you'll act and work smarter. Not harder, but smarter. Like Tom said, my cohort in the consulting chain. We just need to write these values out and make sure everybody signs at the bottom. These are our new values. I always feel like the consultants, if they're, if there's more than one when they come to visit, we had consultants come to Clear Channel. It was the best. I remember laughing my ass off. And I, but I was, I was thinking that like if there's more than one of them, then, they've then they're really stealing because they're buddies. And they're, and they're paid for. They go out and drink and eat and be merry at every town they get sent to, right? And presumably they've been married long enough that they like the respite of 48 hours or so away from their wife and their family. That's when they have to come back and be responsible and actually work. My favorite is, is that those guys, when they left the room, I know they were like dapping, laughing, like, let's go get hammered on the company. Right. There's a great restaurant downtown. These losers. <laughs> I'm telling you, Roger, I enjoy it more when you're the bad cop. Well, Mitch, uh. you know, we just got to take turns. <laughs> Oh, being a consultant. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Come on, children. You're acting like children. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk. War Chant TV. Look at you, Emiliano Grio at minus 10. Sorry, I'm just checking my betting slips. See how we're doing here with the the big 3M in the Twin Cities. By the way, that course looks beautiful. I'd love to go see that thing. Nobody else is there. There's it'd probably be we'd have full access to everything, but it's quite picturesque on the 2K video game as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, just just something to point out there. Just checking out some numbers. Got got some guys battling out towards the top. Our own Jonas Blixt has fought hard to move his way into the top 32 on the board there. Rare 
rare sighting from Jonas on the uh, He has been sighted more of late, though, this season. That is correct. So good for him to have a little bounce back, make a little bit extra cash for himself. He's made plenty, I'm sure, by now. Jonas is one of the – and there's two Knowles. Hank Lebiota is there as well. Um, he and Jonas are both at minus one. Uh, one thing to point out about uh, Jonas is he's one of the really good Knowles. He's uh, a great guy and somebody that you should root for to do well and, well, frankly, in his case, keep his card. Uh, I'd love to see it because he, he works hard. He's had some injuries, too. He's had a lot of injuries, and so he's had to fight through that. He is, uh, according to Trey Jones, the best putter he's ever had. That that guy is uh, like a putting savant. Yeah, and Trey knows what he's looking at, too. He can putt. We know a lot of good putters around these parts. Yeah. Kenny set records on the tour. Yes, he did. Right? <laughs> yes, I mean, you're like, shoot. So, on that subject, that's why, obviously, Cam Smith won the Open, was putting. He gained eight strokes on the field. It was far and away the best putter for the week. He, um, Trey, uh, Trey and I were talking about this on, on Wednesday uh, for Beyond the Tips. And he said that, um, you know, watch, watch. He loves watching great putters. He talked about Brad Faxon this way, too. He's like, watch the picture, the snapshot they're taking in their head when they look at the hole. He's like, a lot of guys look at their ball, look back at the hole, look at their ball, look back at the hole. It's the last look that they give the hole that you can decide whether or not you think that they have a legit chance. This is good for betting. That's why I'm telling you this. Like, if we're betting. Just you and me talking. I'm just saying. If we're betting, you know. Watch and see what he does if he if he keeps his eyes for a prolonged period of time at the hole before going back to the ball for the final time. He's he's picturing the ball going in the hole. He's taking a, a still frame of what it is. He's already decided the line. He's already de- it's I'm seeing it go in. He's like if you watch Cam every time that final look at the hole, like especially on that Sunday, he he saw it going in every time. That's why it just looked like it was a foregone conclusion, because in his mind, it was. He's seen it. It's crazy to think about how weird that is. About I that. seen it. <laughs> it's nuts, right? It's, oh, and he was unconscious. It was that putt on 17. There is the difference. You, you know, you're like, what is that? You want to grossly oversimplify the open. It's Cam making the putt on 17 and Rory missing the putt on 17. But, I, I mean, at that point, it, it kind of had been decided, because when you birdie five straight holes and you – Got into a place where you overtook the leaders. I, I mean, I, this was I, – I don't know if it was there, but I think just before there, I was like, oh, this is – Sure. That's why it was a gross oversimplification. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm realizing that everybody wants us to rank segment groups. I mean, it's Friday. We might. We'll do some more of that in the second hour. Coming up, stay tuned.